This episode of the Salmon Trout Steel Adder podcast is brought to you by the Working Class Fishing Podcast. I've had the honor of being interviewed there. You can find the interview under Lucas Holmgren. The Working Class Fishing Podcast really bridges the gap between an angler, whether they be a beginner, intermediate, or advanced techniques. It really kind of shows that you can uh, have a wonderful time fishing with or without a boat, you can start small, you can uh, you can go big. Uh, Working Class Fishing Podcast is well worth a listen. They put out a lot of content, and they're available on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, and all the other places that podcasts are found. Give them a listen. Working Class Fishing Podcast. This is an article I wrote called The Target Species of Fall. You can find this written with photos available on the Salmon Trout Steelheader website, salmontroutsteelheader.com. There is a bunch of great articles online you can read on your computer or phone. And, of course, the best way to get all the latest and greatest is to subscribe to the magazine Salmon Trout Steelheader. Get it delivered to your mailbox and read it and enjoy all the newest content STS has to offer. The Target Species of Fall by Lucas Holmgren You may be drawn to the salmon jumping in the deeper pools, but the first place to look for biting fish is likely in the riffles and chop. There's those lucky in-betweeners, as I wrote about in a recent issue of STS. The times when salmon and steelhead occupy the same river system at the same time. The typical target species could really be a variety where I live. In southwest Washington, I've lots of options, from the tidewater of the Columbia River to the tributaries that flow into it. With that watershed to play with, it's hard to go anywhere else. At the same time, though, fall can be very productive. It can also be tough to dial in the timing on the fish. Not that you can't find them. On the contrary, fall salmon are typically the easiest to find as they will usually make themselves known. Jumping out of the water doesn't mean biting though. That's where things get tough. From August through November, I can count on fishing a few rivers that have summer steelhead, chinook, and coho salmon. Timing may vary with these tributaries. For instance, River A in August. Summer steelhead run is slowing down, but a few are still available. Lots of early Thule Chinook and early A run coho. With these options available, it can be an exciting time to catch fish, but it can also be surprisingly frustrating. The fish are usually there, at least one of the three in the majority of the better holes. With that said, banking on any one species is a gamble. The easiest might be the Thule's, but they are the least desirable tasting. They are excellent fighters, however, and can turn a slow day into a fun day of catch and release. The A-run coho would perhaps be the ideal, but in August, in warm water, they have zero intention of biting. If you can get into a summer steelhead, they're a blast and typically in very good condition in August. But why not try for all three? Sure, you can get specific, and don't be afraid to do it. But let's get after these specific fish and what's going to make or break your day. The answers are pretty obvious, but maybe there's a few details that'll resonate. Holding water. In fall, low water. Riffles and chop. 
You may be drawn to the salmon jumping in the deeper pools, but the first place to look for biting fish is likely in the riffles and chop. This is because of the warmer water temperatures and light penetration, which can drive a, a wary fish forward to find cover in riffly choppy water. This is where spinners shine. If you don't have bait or would prefer to fish hardware in general, focusing on these sections, especially after boats have run through them, can be a productive way to pick up fish that are holding, but ready to move under cover of night. Casting plugs diagonally and reeling fast may be one of the most deadly ways to target these. Just make sure you've got a plug that doesn't run too deep or too shallow. Drift fishing these sections with lightweight and quality bait can also be highly productive. You don't need to top bottom constantly as a salmon or steelhead will sometimes quickly move to intercept or chase down a bait, provided it's a good bait. Pools and deep runs. These are more traditional salmon holes. They can be some of the best places to pull numbers, but also some of the most difficult to dial in if the fish are finicky. This is where a few techniques shine and all of them involve bait. Drifting bait. The beauty of drift fishing is that if the hole is right, you can switch up the weight as heavy as needed to effectively fish the bottom of the hole. When salmon are stacked up in a hole, this can be very effective from the bank or boat, but you need to position yourself correctly to achieve the best drift. Hovering bait. If you're in a boat and it's a very slow deep hole, think about those kings hanging deep. And if the kings aren't in the hole, you might be surprised where warm water steelhead end up in early fall. The trick to successfully hovering is boat control, which equals line control. Choose a one to three ounce weight to drop to the bottom on a six inch dropper. Once you touch bottom, reel up two cranks and hold your rod still with line going straight down. With a three foot leader, you can use an egg loop to hold eggs and sand shrimp in. That combo hovered in front of a Chinook's face is hard for them to ignore. But the bite is so light, you might think you've got a smolt nibbling at your eggs. Swing and a miss? Even the best MLB players do it, but hook sets are free, if you've got enough bait, and missing a shot at a big fish isn't always the best. The minute you get a tap from a live one, it's time to upswing and set the hook. If they're there, you'll know. Divers and plugs. Backing into a deep run with a sled or drift boat is one of the most effective ways to approach coho, chinook, and steelhead. Starting at the highest possible area, don't sleep on the first part of the pool, anchor or back plugs divers back into the hole. If you're fishing for salmon and steelhead, there are a lot of plugs that may target both, but you can't really beat a diver and bait setup to target everything. Spinning glows with eggs and sand shrimp again is the best ticket and you may consider going smaller on your bait combo to target everything. Especially effective for steelhead is spinning glows with coon shrimp. Bring a mix of bait and give them a soak. Float fishing. Floats really seem to feel right to target everything in low fall water. 20 pound fluorocarbon, one aught hook, and a quarter size piece of eggs with sand shrimp equals bites. Bait offerings. There are many specifics to cover on eggs and bait, but there are experts out there who can get into the details. Here are some ideas in regards to bait. Gotta get your egg cure right. I'd say cure simple, thorough, and milky, and then add some oils and powders on the go. 
But the beauty is, if you don't, just fish the sand shrimp. Everything eats sand shrimp. Steelhead and salmon cannot get enough of them. If you can't find live ones, try to find fresh frozen ones. Beware, you could catch a sturgeon. Seams, tailouts, side channels. These areas are best approached with gear that can still present well in these areas, especially floats, drift gear, plugs, and spinners. And these areas are often where you'll find steelhead and or coho with the occasional nook utilizing them, especially when they're moving. Jumpers. Coho are odd and A-run coho especially are really odd. You can find them in riffles, pools, tailouts, sleams, slack water, log jams, back eddies, and side channels. Never assume that just because you saw a coho jump that you're going to catch that fish in the same spot. Sure, throw a cast and sometimes you've got an aggressive one ready to party. But if I see jumpers, my first move is to get up above them to the first stopping and holding point in faster water. The biters are usually not the jumpers and vice versa, with obvious exceptions. But you can determine the general area and start to pick it apart with confidence. When I see a steelhead jump, I start flailing casts like a madman. They can really just turn plain nasty and attack any bait in sight after a jump. With that in mind, if they don't grab after jumping, move up or down to the next type of holding water to see if there is a fish holding. Also, even if they jump in one spot, they're rarely staying there. Jumping fish may be circling in a pool or run, or simply on the move. Steelhead holding water. Steelhead are usually more traditional, but once salmon are in the river, steelhead to start to hold in stranger areas, usually behind or off to the side from salmon, or in completely different sections of rivers. This is perhaps why upper river steelhead fishing seems to take off when the Chinook and Coho are pushing in downriver. I've had instances of fishing heavily for A-run Coho, seeing quite a few chrome fish jump, not able to get a sniff. Fish something else or drop in behind them. Chrome fresh steelhead comes out of the water with my hook in its face. Those late summer steelhead are terrific biters, fighters, and appetite igniters. If they've got the river to themselves, they can occupy pools, riffles, runs, seams, and to some extent, tailouts, although not as usual in warm water. Those salmon trigger a different pattern of movement through the river. Often summer steelhead that were in the river prior to the salmon will push upstream as the Chinook pile ahead. Steelhead will jump falls that Chinook don't, and in those areas they will occupy the prime water and holes. Red they're dead. Fall low clear water? Use any color as long as it's red. Egg and coon shrimp are both tasty morsels. In Chinook Coho Town, however, steelhead are not the top dog. They will definitely squeeze in every once in a while with the salmon, and you'll see a few among schools and pools at times. But for the most part, they are wary of salmon, and especially salmon that are near spawn mode for obvious reasons. As Chinook teeth develop, the upper river starts to look like a good idea to any summer steelhead nearby. Summers will hold down in tidewater below Chinook in some instances. As their biological clock urges them into the tributary, they'll run the sides of the rivers, many times just out of sight, while the Chinook move up the center channel of the river. Coho will do a bit of both. Tidewater. 
The absolute above and beyond best shot at a biting A-run coho salmon during the fall happens in tidewater. Those fish just are not programmed to feed aggressively upriver. They can be absolutely voracious in tidewater towards trolled plugs, spinners, and bait. Chinook can act in the same way, although tidewater Chinook can also have a mind of their own in regards to when they want to bite. In fact, it seems most Chinook do. Steelhead are very aggressive in tidewater toward a few things, namely spinners and shrimp. Be it a spinner casted from shore that gets seen by a moving fish, or a cooned striped shrimp or sand shrimp. Summer steelhead at this phase have every reason to eat the right feed, and if provoked, can travel long distances to hammer spinners and turn with ferocity. My fall plan. In fall, my best program has been to summer steelhead fish until I start catching more salmon than steelhead. The reason for this is a lot of the early salmon that are entering the river will take the same travel lanes as the steelhead. So if you're using baits that are favorable to both, you'll know when the salmon start showing up. My favorite fall steelhead salmon baits and lures are sand shrimp and eggs, spin glow with bait, weighted or inline spinners, and I like silver chrome blades, black, blue, purple, and pink bodies. Plugs, wigglers, wiggle warts, maglips, and blue, chrome, black, pink, chartreuse, and red, and purple and black especially is deadly on coho. And then, just coon shrimp on a bait loop, whether drifted or under a float. So, as you fish these multi-species fall rivers, Wish you the best. If you have anything to say or anything you'd like to hear from us, please get in touch. Uh, my name is Lucas Holmgren. You can find me on social media. Um, and you can also get in touch with customer service at amatobooks.com, A-M-A-T-O books.com. Send in your questions. And again, I would highly recommend you take a look at the Working Class Fishing Podcast. It can be found wherever podcasts are found. These guys are great. They're great conversationalists. They interview a number of interesting people. And they're down to earth. And you don't need to have a $50,000 sled to do what they're talking about. They really speak to the common man. And it's just wonderful content. Working Class Fishing Podcast. Check it out and let them know Salmon Trout Steelheader sent you. Thanks, guys. Always good to have a podcast with you. Looking forward to next time.